Welcome to Ottawa Valley Community Church, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share His love. Well, it's great to be back here again. Time goes fast when we look backwards at times. Um, but we really wanted to start by expressing our thanks and appreciation to, to the church uh, for your prayers, for your support, and your partnership with us uh, over many years. Um, so many times as we have, we live in Asia and travel around in Asia, that the Christians in the churches there come to us and say, when you go back to Canada, please tell the Christians back there, thank you for supporting you and allowing you to come and be uh, involved in ministry in our country. And so I wanted to let you know that they are very grateful for your support and for the prayers. Um, next year, um, I will be moving into official retirement as I will turn 70 years young. Um, but I figure I'm finally coming to the age when all of my family members and all of my friends are all retired and they keep saying to me, how come, what are you doing still working? But I love what I'm doing and so I realize, uh, I jokingly say retirement really isn't in the Bible so I need to keep on going. But we will not, we will just be officially stepping out of our direct involvement. We will remain in ministry but just have a little bit more, I guess we would say, flexibility. Like all of you, we've lived through more than two years of COVID. Uh, we experienced it in a greater way in terms of shutdown, restrictions, and uh, we looked with envy on what's happening here in Canada or how you're handling it. Uh, still in Hong Kong, uh, face masks are mandatory, uh, group size are still restricted, uh, restaurant eating, I mean, it's still quite a different world than what you are here. And for over two years, when I was speaking in churches uh, with nobody there, because it was all, uh, I still had to wear a mask. Um, and so we, coming to Canada was the first time I've actually preached in two to three years without wearing a face mask. So you guys are really blessed to be able to be here. And I just hope you don't breathe too much onto me here. I, I'm a li little bit concerned. I'm glad you're sitting a little bit farther away. So uh, I'm okay. Um, but you know, there were times when I think all of us have felt like we are living on the edge of a cliff in a very chaotic world. Uh, the world we live in is just turned upside down. We just really don't understand what's happening and things are, in a sense, are beyond control. And the question and issue that has been in our hearts and minds as we've looked over the last several years is what are we passing on to the next generation? That's really been our challenge because we recognize that it's going to be harder Life is going to become more difficult in so many ways for all of us, but for the people coming after us. And how can we really all make a difference in a really a very chaotic world? There we go. Thank you. Um, as the world keeps sliding, in a sense, in the future, we need to hold on to this truth. We need to remind ourselves this, that God is in control. And God is really calling all of us all of us, to show to the people around you, the people that you know, that the hope and peace and confidence that we have is in God. Because that's being crushed and crumbling 
And I'm not saying we stand up as some super Christian and super models of what's going on, but we need to be able to have this deep assurance in our hearts and lives that God is in control and he will be working out his plan and purposes. The verse that has motivated us and has been our theme in for our many, many years is from Psalm 96, verse 3, which says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. Declaring his glory among all people. And we are called by God to join in God's mission in this world. And we are called to prepare and equip the next generation of leaders. You see, we will lose the next generation if we do not train and equip the present generation. That's the challenge all of you as adults here. We will lose the next generation, folks, if we don't train, equip, and work in the hearts and lives of the, those coming, your children, your grandchildren, the young people. So for my wife and I, God has called us to go to declare and to make disciples in Asia. That's where God has basically called and settled in our hearts. Our specific areas of ministry, our specific motivation is three things. We feel God has called us to teach and model Christian leadership. To show practical love and compassion to others. And to empower the young adults to develop a heart of wisdom to make correct choices and live effective, fruitful lives with godly character. It doesn't happen quickly. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes commitment to work into the hearts and lives of the next generation and to train and equip them to handle what is going to be coming. You know, I started my missionary career, as hard as it may be, over 34 years ago when I left Canada and went overseas. So it's almost half of my life I've lived outside of Canada, except for the few months coming back here. And the thoughts that have crossed my, my life as I'm now reaching this age for me is, has my life and ministry made a difference in leading others closer to God? Something to think about. And I think the word that we hear a lot of today is a word called legacy. Am I a legacy builder for God for the next generation? So I'm going to ask you, challenge you, are you a legacy builder for God for the next generation? You know, legacy is something that has been passed on from us and we pass on to others. And legacy building doesn't just happen informal. It's just even in conversations, in letting them watch you. And, and how you live your life and what you say and making sure that your words and your actions are both connecting and modeling, not just. You know, legacy starts with all of us by looking backwards. As we all get older, we seem to look back. It's more easier. And as I've been traveling around, we've been back in Canada now for just under about two months and visiting with friends. And we're always reminiscing about looking back on what's happened in the past in all of our lives. And you know, for us even, as you look into the Bible in the Old Testament, um, God continually reminded the people over and over again, do not forget 
Don't forget God's faithfulness. Don't forget God's promises. Don't forget God's provisions. And, and it, to encourage them to remember, he would say, come on, set up a pile of stones. And these stones are to be a witness, a reminder to you that when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You take that chance to tell them, this is what God has done in our lives. So let me ask you, what stones are you building in your life? What stones do your family, your friends, and the people around you, when they say, what does that mean? Are you able to share with them and say, this is what God has done in my life. This is what God has done in my family. What God is doing around us. Are you building a legacy for God, not for yourself? One of the challenges in ministry, and I do a lot of teaching in Bible colleges, reminding the young Bible college students, you're not building a legacy for yourself. You're not trying to promote your name, your ministry. You're, you're there to be building a legacy for God. And so I'm really challenging you. Uh, I hope they're not just looking at you and I don't want people to be looking at my life. Am I building a legacy for God? You see, remember, missions is always about people. Not program, not buildings, people. I love this quote, which has, I've challenged my life from Eugene Peterson. He says, the character of our work is shaped not by accomplishments and possessions, but in the birth of relationships. People are at the center of Christian work. We have to keep reminding ourselves, because it's so easy that in, in our lives to get caught up in programs and buildings, and they are important. I mean, thankful for the building, thankful for the programs, and it's great to hear what God is doing in the different age groups and everything else. But it's always got to be about people. And we lose that focus, we can easily get sort of sidetracked. One of the major areas of ministry for us has been teaching and training. There's a well-known quote that says, teaching or education is not the filling of a container, but the lighting of a fire. And so much of our, even in our world's educational system, it's just basically filling a container with information. And that's important. But for us, we, in, in Christian ministry and in training and teaching the, the young people and, and the next generation, we realize we're not there just to give you information. You can read that from a book if you want. We're there, I'm there to light a fire, the fire of God in your heart and life, so that you will take the information that you learned and pass it on. You see, in the New Testament, there's a story that, about Philip and the Ethiopian official. And he's in the desert, and in, in chapter 8, there's a little section there that's really become the model of what we have done. And it says here, as we read that, that the angel of the Lord tells Philip, look what he says. He says, go south. He tells him to, to go south, and it says he, he goes on the road to Jerusalem. So as he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian official. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah, and the prophet said, Do you understand what you are reading? Here's what's amazing about when I read this story. God did not give Philip details. He didn't tell him who to be, what to do. He just said, go south. And I'm sure Philip is like all of us. God, okay, I know you're leaving, but can you fill in the blanks a little bit more? I, 
in order for me to take the next step, I need a little more information. And God just said, no, Philip, go south. Well, there's been so many times in our lives when God has told us to go, and we've said, we've hesitated and said, really, God, should I go? Even when I remember deciding to leave Canada and go overseas, and I felt God called me to go, and it's like, everybody said, really? Do you really think God's calling you to go to Asia? Do you know what this means? And leaving all your family and friends and everybody else and going there and just go. Go. We've seen God weaving his plans and purposes. And what I love also in this little verse, it says, on his way, as he was going, God brings into Philip's life this Ethiopian. Amazing story. On his way. Boy, I can tell you, there's so many times in our life and ministry where we found it, have to understand, God, why are we here? What are we doing? And on our way, just being obedient, just doing what's in front of us, God links us up to men and women. And in a few moments, I'm going to show you where God has, on our way, God has brought into our hearts and lives men and women in just amazing way that we could never have done in searching. And our ministry has been really answering this question. How can I understand unless someone explains it? Mm -hmm. And that for us has involved not only preaching in churches, it's been teaching in the Bible colleges, it's been having Bible studies and even meeting individuals one-on-one -on -one and just sharing with them, encouraging them, uh, giving them some direction, guidance. Um, somebody has said, you know, if I, I could have paid off a mortgage, um, if, if I got a dollar for every time a Christian asked me, could you tell me what God's will is for my life? Um, it would have been wonderful. I could be living home free. Um, but everybody wants to know. We want to know the detail. What should I do? And, and so they come to us and ask us. You know, as we've been building a legacy for God, we discover pretty early on that people are watching us. They're watching us. They're watching us through the good times and through the bad times. They, they're watching us through the, the times of joy and victory, but even through some of the really difficult. And I, I mean, you are all adults here and you need to understand that, that it hasn't been a vacation in Asia. People always talk to us, say, oh, it must be so nice going overseas and living there. It must have been, oh, so enjoyable. Hey, it's been really tough there, been really tough times. Not only just in our lives and health and all, just, just living life like all of us. I'm not saying we're any different. But as we go, as we go. And the other people, they needed to see that when we remain faithful to God during the good and the bad times, it's good to say God is good all the time, when things are going good. But when they're not always going good, then it's sort of like, they want to know, are you still going to remain faithful? Do you still believe in God? Do you still believe God's working in and through your life? In the midst of tragedies that we all experience, and we all know because in our families and friends and everybody. They also needed to see in us, as we were building a legacy for God, they needed to see in us, are we carrying past hurts? It's quite amazing. They, they wanted to know, are we releasing the hurts that have come into our lives and, and saying, God, I, I'm going to leave them with you. In my humanness, I want to respond and, and take, 
dare I say the word revenge, but that's too strong of a word. I, I, I want to fight back. And they want to see, are we able to lay down the hurts from the past? And it hasn't always been easy, I want to assure you, but they wanted to see it. So we've been out building. In Corinthians chapter 3, Paul wonderfully describes the process of teamwork. And in, in one little verse there, in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, he says, Someone plants. You know, if no one is planting, guess what? Nothing is going to grow. Yeah. All of you know that. I mean, as I drive, you can see all these the fields here. If, if a farmer decides, I'm not going to plant, guess what? There is going to be no harvest. If you are not planting gospel seeds in this community, nothing is going to grow. Okay? And says, Paul also says that some people water. If nobody waters, then they're not going to grow. But, it, but the verse says, but it is God who makes everything grow. And the, you guys understand this more than someone in the city. Because the farmer plants the seeds and he does nothing. He has to wait for the sun, to the rain. It's God's going to want who's going to make it grow. If God doesn't do it, then there's going to be no harvest. I'm reminded of a story I heard in Africa. Um, I was blessed to, to have been a missionary in Africa, in the country of Kenya, for three years back in the 1990s. Uh, for some of you, first time you're meeting me, you don't, I won't go into all of my life story. But um, I lived there, taught in, in the country of Kenya, East Africa, for three years, lived there. Lovely, wonderful experience. And um, I'm a little bit excited, as some of you know, actually my wife is from Hong Kong, uh, but we actually got married in Kenya. It's another whole story. Um, but the great little African story here, where seeds from different trees were handed out to the students and said to go and plant. Only two students decided to go out and plant the seeds. And so the teacher asked them, why, the, all the other students, why did you not go and plant the seeds? And you know what their answer was? Very typical. They said, why should I go and plant seeds? All the time and effort it is to plant seeds when I will not be here to enjoy the fruit of what is grows. It's going to take years for some of these plants to grow, the seeds to turn into a plant and to produce fruit, and I'm never going to enjoy the benefit of that. So why should I spend the time and energy? Isn't that typical of what you hear people today? If I don't benefit from it, if there's nothing I can personally gain from it today in my life, even today, why should I do it? But years later, these little seeds that were planted turned into trees and fed hundreds of people because of somebody else decided to plant. You know, there have been times in, in our life and ministry when we have planted. We're not on the street corner uh, you know, preaching to the heathen. There are times when we have planted and there are times when God has called us to water and be involved in the hearts and lives. Um, we all know that fruit takes, different fruit takes different time. Some grows quick, some takes a long time. And in, a, in the life of a person, salvation may be immediate, but spiritual growth and ministry takes time. And we may not see the results. And over the years, we haven't always seen the results of the planting that we, the gospel seeds of planting that we've seen in the hearts. Um, but we've discovered that we really can do nothing without God. 
There's a, a truth that is, to me, is I get really excited and amazed at some very simple truths. But let me share this. It says, God chooses to work with and through us, not without us. It's an amazing truth. God chooses to work through us. He could bring salvation into people's lives if he wanted to. But he chooses to work with us. It's amazing. He chooses that. And asks us to be involved, to join him in bringing about salvation and maturity into the hearts and lives of others. One of the heroes in my life has been Hudson Taylor, missionary to China back in the 1850s. Listen to what he said. He said, I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help God. I ended up by asking God to do his work through me. Wow, what a great statement. Let me read it again. I used to ask God to help me. That's all of us. That's our starting point. God help me, help me, help me. Here I am. Then he said, then I asked if I might help God. Okay, God, thank you. Can I be a little bit of a service? I'll do something little. He said, then I ended up asking God to do his work through me. You know, the secret of living a life that makes a difference in this world is realizing that it is not what you do for yourself, but what you allow God to do in and through your life for others. That's what we need to be reminded of. It's not what you do for yourself. It's what God's going to do through you that's going to make a difference. And it's been truly amazing for us to see God bringing about a harvest in Asia that we have just been a very, very small part. Uh, there's a, a well-known statement from years ago that I heard where it said, well, you know, a simple truth, that when God wants to start to build a great work, most times he starts small. When God wants to build a highway, he starts with a little trail. The trail becomes a path. The path becomes a road. The road becomes a highway. The highway becomes an expressway. Years ago, people planted seeds in Asia. And while there are literally millions and millions of believers in Asia now, it's God has got an expressway going in Asia greater than you guys can ever begin to believe and understand. We are thankful. We, when you think, we, we were involved in ministry in China back years, but because of political and all that, we had to stop going into China. But several years ago, when we were there, there was reported to be close to 90 million Christians in China. I mean, that's like three times the population of Canada. I mean, you know, we're thankful for what God is doing here, but we don't understand the staggering numbers what God is doing in the kingdom of God around the world beyond what we are. I do a lot of teaching and preaching from the Old Testament. I love that. In Bible college they always ask me to teach from the Old Testament and I love it. And one of my great men in the Old Testament is Joshua. And Joshua was used by God to bring the people of Israel into the promised land and he had battles to do to gain property and the land and everything else. But at the end of Joshua's life, when he dies, as you move into the book of Judges, there's a very profound little verse in there that says, this generation, after Joshua dies at the age of 110, this gener the next generation did not know Joshua, 
and did not know his God, and they turned away from God and followed after the other idols. Within one generation, that's a story that's repeated over and over. If you read and study the Old Testament, one generation follows God under a good king, and next generation turns away from God so easily. What's going to happen to the next generation, folks? We've got a next generation behind us. What are we doing to make sure that they do not fail? What are we doing to make sure? What's going to happen to the church in the future if we do not train and equip the present generation of Christians? It will be a tragedy. You see, if we neglect teaching, training of leaders, equipping believers, especially in missions, then this generation of missions victories will become the next generation's failures. All the victories that we may be experienced for us is going to be a failure if we don't prepare and equip the next generation. We stand on the shoulders of legacy builders, men and women who have gone before us, who planted churches around the world. And God has been very gracious to us in allowing us to be legacy builders into the hearts and lives. So let me very quickly, guys, you can appreciate, I've been five years since I've been here. I could easily talk to you for the next five hours. But just as I'm just going to briefly give you an introduction to what some of the people and places that God has used us. It's really not, not about us, it's about what God is doing. Let me take you to the first city, Hong Kong. My wife and I lived in Hong Kong. And it, it makes the news, and it is terrible, but I, I'm not here to talk about what God is doing. Hong Kong, we're involved in a lot of local churches and ministry, um, <coughs> legacy building. Next next slide. I want to show you. Here's a photo, 1954. In the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, there was a PAOC missionary called Reverend Elmer Morrison. Went to China, started a Bible college in China. In 49, when the communists kicked out all the missionaries and everybody else, they relocated to Hong Kong. And they started a Bible college in Hong Kong. And here's a photo from the uh, Ecclesia Bible Institute back in 1954. Uh, those are the legacy builders uh, that follow on. Elmer Morrison made this statement. The greatest possibilities for China lies in the training and sending forth of national workers. He said this back in the 1940s. Here it is, how many years later? We still aren't totally catching it sometimes. It was in the training of the local leaders. That's going to be where it's... And that has been, the harvest has been in China. It's not because of missionaries. It's because of the raising up of Bible women. Major influence. And their own national leaders who've gone out village to village back in the 40s and 50s and still even today when we were there, the house church and all that. Um, God is using their own people to raise. And I know we get a lot of bad news and I, and I understand about what's going on in China and some of you may be sitting here and not being so happy. But forget about what the government is doing. There are men and women in China, a billion people who do not know the Lord. Jesus died for them. Do we really believe it? Do we really believe he died for even our enemies? Changes our theology. Do we really believe? 
Elmer Morrison became the first president of the Bible College back in the 1950s. He said, pastoring is a ministry of addition. Bible College is a ministry of multiplication. Because when every Bible school student who's there is going to go out and is going to plant churches and do great things. And so that's been really the area God's called us. Uh, next. Here we are now. 2002, on the, the photo there on the left is the, the Ecclesia Theological Seminary. All, the whole campus is that one building. Uh, dormitory, classrooms, library, and everything else. Um, and that's what I've been involved with for about 25 years now in this Bible college in Hong Kong. And I've done everything from lecturing, administrator, uh, on the board of directors, and I was the acting chairman of the board of governors. So I, that's what I want to officially retire from. Um, Lovely, like the younger generation and all those, those things. Uh, there it is there now on the left. And there you see in 2021, here's, you can always now tell in the future when the photo was taken by who's, when, whether they're wearing face masks or not. Now, this will date all of us, but uh, here I am in the front row. You can see the, the, one, the one guy with white hair is sitting in the front there. Um, uh, but it was, it's a wonderful joy to be having an opportunity to be involved in the training and equipping. Many of those students in the Bible College, not me, I just one, you know, one little part of all that, uh, are now out pastoring churches in Hong Kong. Let me go next. Uh, Pastor Ariento, um, it, he is uh, an Indonesian, came to the Bible College, he had an English program, and he's now pastoring a, a church, in, in the, uh, an Indonesian church in the city of Hong Kong. Um, Believe it or not, there's probably over 150,000 domestic helpers, Indonesian only, in, in the city of Hong Kong. And there's ministry going out to all these other groups. And he's been involved in a church there. He pastors a church. He was one of my students. And once a month, he invites me to go and preach in his church. And I preach in English, and he translates into Indonesian. Wonderful to see what God is doing in the life. Uh, also, a ministry, next, a ministry that I've been involved with, a young lady in, in the Bible culture started a ministry to a refugee, asylum seekers, and to cancer survivors. It may surprise you to know that there are over 10,000 asylum seekers in Hong Kong. And the Christians have really become involved to reach out in ministry to them. And this lady started a ministry and uh, become an advisor and work with her. And once a month, we have church services for them, and they come and here I preach to them also once a month uh, to have, and also to cancer survivors. She started a ministry reaching out to to men and women. Uh, next, PAOC Kachi Secondary School. This was a school started in Hong Kong back in the early 1950s by two lady missionaries called Sadie McLeod and Blanche Pardo. They went to China, Hong Kong. They started the school. 1953 set up the school and uh, not this school but set up a school and churches and started to work so this is a school that it's actually a government school fully funded supported it's a public school meaning but it's a secondary school publicly funded nothing comes from Canada but I'm the chairman of the board of this and have been involved in for over 20 years now as the manager and supervisor of, of this school. And it's been a great joy. We actually have the opportunity to preach the gospel in the school. Canada is supposed to be an open country, but in Hong Kong they allow you, if you are a sponsoring body of the school, to uh, present your particular religious beliefs, and so they know that. So 
It's, it's in Chinese, but the first three characters on that word you see is Ganadai, which is Canada. Ganadai Sanzi Wei, which is Canada Assemblies of God, basically. That's the translation. Wonderful to be there to see the hearts and lives of the people. Uh, Hong Kong involved in, in preaching in the churches. Next. Um, and we do this. They, I have, I'm probably preaching two or three times a month in Chinese churches, from small one that are 30 people to some at hundreds. You know, this church, three services on a Sunday uh, that they have. So by the end of the third service, I'm pretty well wiped out. But um, it's, it's a joy just to have the opportunity to be invited to go and to preach and to be involved in the hearts and lives. Before we came back to Canada, I was preaching in a church um, in the city and uh, after the service a, a young man came up to me he's married with some kids and he came up to me and he says you know he says 33 years ago he said I was in an English class that you taught in an after school program in our church um, that you were teaching English and he said I became a Christian at that time and I have been attending this church for the last 33 years so I say thank you for coming and teaching English but more introducing me to Jesus Kathy is a, another young lady who was in one of my classes from 33 years ago. Became a believer, got married, has two children. Building a legacy for God for the next generation. Bible colleges is one area we're most involved with. Um, we are really feel God's calls us to small schools, schools that don't have a lot of support, a lot of assistance, and they extend invitations to us. So, so let me take you to three countries that we have been involved with over the last many years. First one is India. We traveled to India, eastern part of India, and, okay, next, uh, teaching in the Trinity Theological College. It's a small college in the northeast part of, of India. Uh, it's an incredibly challenging experience to get to the school, but once we're there, it's a joy, and to stay there, and again, meeting young men and women who've got from a different culture, who've got a passion for God, and want to go out and serve. And many of these young men and women come from, their background is Hindu, which is a predominant major religion in India, and um, have a passion to want to reach out and share with their fellow uh, Indian brothers and sisters. And so there I am teaching with all the, with all the students. Uh, next one. Um, in, in, the, in the college, they've got this poster amazing listen to what it says we are called to go out and be fishers of men and women not just keepers of an aquarium wow. i thought what a great <laughs> what a great statement that is what a challenge that when they come in and do their studies they say we aren't here just to stay here we're not just to take care we're to be fishers of men what a great challenge they are okay um some of the students who were in my class over the years, we went there back in 2010. These two students uh, were both in my class. They got married, got a little daughter here. They planted a church in a small town. They heard we were in that city. They came and we visited with, they came and visited us with Troy. Uh, on the, the camera, on the photo on the right are two young ladies who also were students. Uh, the one in the middle there went on to get her Masters of Divinity in India and come back to the school to become a teacher and wants to be involved in training and equipping the next generation. Next country, Mongolia. I'm not sure anyone here has been to Mongolia, but north of Canada is the equivalent to Mongolia. Mongolia is an independent country uh, between 
China and Russia. It's landlocked, just up there, only three million population, very small. It's called the land of the blue sky, okay? Um, here we are, my wife and I, in, in Ulaanbaatar, which is the capital city. It's the most polluted city in the world uh, because of their burning of coal and everything else. Uh, it's really quite amazing. Um, but here we are, we actually left Hong Kong when it was 30 degrees Celsius. We arrived in Ulaanbaatar, it was 20 below zero. And it was like, oh God, thank you for, he told us, go north that time, not go south, <laughs> go north. He said, no, 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 God, I want to go south, it's warmer. No, go north, it's colder. Uh, so here we are again in the Bible College, Mongolian Bible College students. Um, I teach with a translator. Here, we are, here you see me teaching a group of about eight to 10 students. The lady standing there is a translator. So uh, I send my notes. Uh, they're translated into the Mongolian language, their own dialect. And then during class time, uh, they or she will translate all of my speaking. So I do a three-week, we call it intensive block course teaching them. Um, and again, it's such, such a joy. Next opportunity, one of the students, that young lady, is uh, now graduated from the Bible College and is going to become a missionary or with her husband to on a university campus, reaching out to their own Cambod their own Mongolians, excuse me, with the gospel. Great to see God play, placing a calling and a ministry in the hearts of other young men and women. Okay. Um, when I was there, I had an opportunity to share with the alumni. They invited me to speak on two evenings. To, they invited all the alumni over the years to come, and they wanted me to talk about the challenges in ministry. And I know your pastors realize, what challenges in ministry? Why would you need two nights to be able to try to share about it? Uh, but they were so thankful, because many of them don't understand what goes on in ministry. The, the great things, but there are challenges. Um, then also, I had a chance to visit and meet with the local pastors. It's a great joy to listen to them share about their life and their ministry. And, and they're all, these are, in other countries, these are smaller works. And so, it, you know, they become discouraged by all the time and effort they spend, but God, you know, the work seems to go slow, okay? Um, while they're Sundays out preaching, uh, on the left, preaching the Ger tent, these are the, everybody knows Mongolia, these white tents that they're, the herdsmen live in and they come into the city and they started a church in that settlement and I had a chance to preach there. Also, very unique, there's a deaf church in the city and they invited me to go and preach in the deaf church there and um, worshiping in sign language. Amazing. No sound, but they're there just the, that's the worship team on the left in the, in the purple t-shirts who are signing out the worship songs and the congregation and they're just they enjoying worship it's a it's just it stirs your heart so i would preach i would speak in english the lady would translate in mongolian and then the other lady mongolian would sign language and she would do the signs so this three things just wonderful to have a chance to share into the hearts and lives of these people okay um Cambodia, last country, fourth of the Hong Kong, um, India, Mongolia, Cambodia. We've been going to Cambodia for the past 17 years now. We go there for ministry, on, and we started there back in yeah, 17 years ago. Okay, next, uh, Cambodia Bible Institute is a Bible college that's national 
Bible college, go and teach these law courses again uh, with Cambodian dial translation in class. Okay, and here I am teaching in the in the class and to the students, young men and women who will eventually go out into ministry and plant churches. And again, when we're there, get invited to speak in some of their churches, which is a great joy. Okay, next. Um, what we also did when we were there was recognizing that in order to be to show practical Christian love. We can't just say to people, I'll pray for you. We need to show practical love in a positive way. And so we started to give scholarships to young men and women who we saw potential, who we saw their abilities, and we and these are several, four or five, six of them, who we saw, and we actually helped to support uh, going into university, pay for their tuition, so that they could provide for their families. Um, and so it was, it's been a joy to be. We have a statement that we give to them. God blesses us with support from Canada. We bless you, so now you go and bless others. And that's when we remind them over and over again that as we are blessed, now don't forget you go out and bless. Next, um, James and Lydia, he was a Cambodian. We sponsored him for four years in Bible college. They planted a church. There's a Cambodian church and a Chinese church, and we will go and I will go and preach in their church when we're in Cambodia. During the COVID, next, during the COVID, of course, they got hit greater than we here, and they don't have the medical and all the other resources that we would have here. And so we were able to send money to that couple, and they were able to buy tons and tons of rice, very inexpensively. And they would use that with 10 kilo bags and oil and go out to the areas, the people in the city and the outskirts and give them rice and share them with Jesus, showing practical love, but also cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. Next, um, we also realized that we wanted to help the church to, from a longer perspective and about four hours north of Phnom Penh, the capital city, we were able to buy a piece of farmland, we, my wife and I, and we gave it as a gift to them. And they built this small, very rural church building and they started to have church services there. And it's just out in the countryside and it's been so exciting to see the kids come uh, and by the dozens and dozens come to the church and, and so the, our next next slide so what we realized is here's the Sunday School program 2021 all the kids wearing masks of course um, very simple structure everybody sits on the floor um, very easy to equip next next one um, so we also realize it's not us. We're not going to be there long term. So we need to pass on to the next. And so here's the, a number of the Cambodian church workers and they've started to reach out and go to ministries in the schools and the villages in the surrounding area. And they can use that church, that building, as a base to reach out and touch the hearts and lives of many others. Great blessing. As we look back over our lives we realize that you know our look our legacy that we build it's it's not really how far we've come but how far we have yet to go and as we look back on our lives um, and I look back even on my life and my ministry I realize that it, one of the things that we all need to do in all of our lives is to be faithful to the end right that's what God is calling all of us doesn't matter what specific areas but faithfulness in all of our hearts and lives. I want to close by 
Um, if you go to the next slide, but I, by the words of a song that was 1988, when I left Canada, this was a song that Steve Green, uh, some of you who are my generation may remember it, who sang this song, very powerful, and we're going to play it with him singing it. But I want you to read the words, and I pray that this will become your prayer. That all who come behind us, all your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, that they will look upon you with favor. Can we play that? Please. Pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race not only for the prize. But as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Community Church, visit ovchurch.ca.